One of the hardest things about the wedding industry is that we hopefully don't have very many repeat clients. And so that means that every single year we have to drum up new clients, create new marketing tactics, and constantly be on top of our marketing game because we cannot count on those repeat clients, which makes us very unique. But what if I told you that there was a way to gain repeat business increase your service price, and to work less weekends. Would you believe me? Today, my good friend and one of my own business mentors, Susan Sutherland, is back on the Wedding Pro CEO podcast, and she's going to be breaking down the world of corporate events. Now, if you're hearing me and you think that this is just for planners, I want you to lean in closely. Anyone, a florist, a planner, a photographer, DJ, stationer that is in the wedding industry should and can be adding corporate events to their roster to increase your revenue and to level out your seasonality. You're listening to the Wedding Pro CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Brandy Gar, and my mission is to help you, the wedding industry entrepreneur, to build a profitable wedding business that you actually love. I've been coaching Wedding Pro since 2019, and to date, I have gotten to help over a thousand wedding pros to increase their revenue, create profit, start paying themselves a salary, and to step into the role of CEO. CEO, if you're ready to get off of the roller coaster of seasonality and add this additional revenue stream to your business, this is the episode for you. So let's get into it. Susan, I am so excited that we're finally sitting down to record this podcast episode. I know that you are going to pour so much into our listeners today all about corporate events and how they can add this revenue stream into their own business. So welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I am so excited to be here with you. Yeah. So you guys, Susan and I go way back, longer than we'll probably prefer to tell you. And so we'll leave that part out. But Susan was one of the original guests on the podcast back when it was called the She Who Dares podcast. We recorded it in person. So much has changed since she's been on the show. And we really talked all about how she's changed the wedding industry in Orlando, which is where her planning company is. We'll link her episode in the show notes below because her story is really cool. But today we're talking more about the evolution of that business and yes. how you got into corporate events and what that looks like now. And so I, I really want to just go ahead and jump right in, Susan, if that's okay. Absolutely. When you started corporate events. Can you tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about what Just Mary looked like? Because Just Mary mm -hmm. is your wedding planning firm in Orlando, yes. right? In case anybody hasn't heard your story. And Just Events is your umbrella company. Yes. Love it. And then yes. Just Right Destination Management handles corporate and Just Mary handles your weddings. Correct. Okay. So how long have you been doing corporate events? And can you kind of walk us a little bit through what that looked like? You were a wedding planner. And then all of a sudden you were like, we're going to start doing corporate events. Like, how did yeah. that go? <laughs> so, yeah, we had a very successful wedding business and we decided we really wanted to take the next step. And very luckily, I was very dialed into someone who knew corporate events and had connections. That would be my husband, Scott. And he's <laughs> like, we really need to add this. Let's work on building this together. And that's when we decided to start taking the knowledge he had accumulated. It was a great marriage, so to speak, yeah. of the knowledge and the background that I had to go with his to really change 
what destination management companies look like as well. And and it allowed us to grow and do all sorts of really super interesting things. Obviously, Scott was a huge catalyst to this, right? Yes. But how did you find time? What did your wedding business look like to allow you to go do this? Yeah. So weddings, we are very, very busy. We do 200 plus weddings a year, have a very big wedding staff. And they were just humming right along, which was great. I have not only event managers, but supervisors. And so that was able to really start working on its own, which allowed me to help Scott, who was just Scott and me defining what we were going to do, what our clients were going to look like and how we were going to operate our business, our corporate business. It did take quite a bit of time. It depends on how quickly you want to grow and move, Mm. right? So Mm -hmm. it's something you could certainly add on the side with what you're doing with your wedding events. Brandy, I think you and I are in a crazy situation because Orlando seems to have like a 12 month a year wedding industry, whereas there are so many cities where that's not the case. And so you can look at those lull times when you're not out there doing weddings to get the corporate stuff really moving. I think that's interesting, Susan, because I love that you've shared that you certainly can just make it an additional revenue stream to your wedding business to do either during the weekdays or to do during down season. I I was just talking to a wedding pro yesterday in Canada, and she was saying they only have a four month season. Yeah. Like eight months. It's hard to imagine. Yeah. I was like, what? What do you do? And she was just like, that's our season. That's just what it is. Like we plan in between. But for anybody that's listening, and this isn't just for wedding planners, this can go for photographers, DJs, florists, the corporate event business needs all types of trades. Yes. Yes. And so often I think people listen to episodes like this and they think, oh, this is for planners. Mm -hmm. It's really not just for planners. It's for any kind of wedding pro. wanting to add this as an additional revenue stream. So you can just add it in low season or during the week, but you have really made it a whole different ballgame, which I'm obsessed with. So can you tell us just a little bit about what the dynamic is now and how it's changed your whole business makeup from when it was just just Mary? Oh my goodness. Now we have 19 people on our team, which is insane. I know you saw photos. We all went out together. We we did a food and wine at Epcot and we're looking at the photo going, holy moly, we can barely fit in the photo anymore. We have people in Chicago. We have people in Florida. We have, of course, Scott and me in Las Vegas. And that's just a fraction of the places we work. We work worldwide. We support our clients. We've done like <laughs> Spain, the UK, France. We can have pickups and, and doing transportation for our clients all over the world. So What's changed is we don't sleep because we get calls and text messages from every time zone all the time. But it's just, it's an adventure. You get to explore new areas and do new things. And I think from a creative standpoint, from a planner, photographer, decorator, anything like that, it's just a whole new focus, right? It's so far away from what we do for weddings. When you think in terms of events have strategies and they have personalization, like logos and marketing messages and things like that, that you need to get into. It's opened a whole new world of creativity as well. One of the big things that is so challenging for wedding pros is cash flow. You've got the high, high peaks and the low, low valleys. And so by adding corporate events, has that helped you to have an easier cash flow? Tell us a little bit more about that. Absolutely. It smooths everything out. It's not only just on a week to week basis, because recently weddings and corporate events have been busy at the same time, which has been another issue altogether (laughs) to deal with because we used to borrow from each other when we needed extra help, which we can't do. But yes, not only that, but 
different things going on in the world make a shift. Like we know when there's a recession, our wedding clients can be hit a little bit, but corporate clients tend to invest more. When COVID hit, corporate was flatlined, whereas because we're in Florida, weddings (laughs) kind of trickled along and kept us going. It helps the cash flow situation in so many ways. Yeah, I agree. It's so interesting to be able to service all of these different kinds of events because it not only helps with, obviously, like we've just been talking about, it helps with cash flow. It helps to be busy during low season, but it also helps you to flex some of your creative muscles Mm -hmm. too, right? Because weddings, they follow a very similar cadence, right? And it's emotional money. Yes. Tell us a little bit about how corporate would be different. It's so funny because it's an area of frustration for me all the time because Scott and I work in very close proximity to each other. And so I will be on the phone dealing with a wedding client and I'll have to say something like, oh, we just went over budget by $500 and I get you know, read the riot act. And then I will hear Scott on the phone. He said, yeah, well, we can add that. And it's going to be, you know, ten, fifteen thousand dollars or like, cool, done. I mean, and it's <laughs> such a different, it's such a different dynamic, pretty much if they see a value, if they see a reason, if there's a purpose for it, for the most part, they will go for it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. I just call it non-emotional money, right? Like they're not tied yeah. to it necessarily. Make a yeah. smart decision. And let's move on. It feels a little bit like a breath of fresh air, right? I love weddings. I've never, ever wanted to do anything else. But being able to have different emotional dynamics, different Mm -hmm. financial dynamics, and just expectations of what you can provide to the client, I think it just helps you to be a little bit more creative when you're doing multiple different kinds of events. So I love that. Okay. So Susan, I want to get into a couple of questions that My students ask all the time, I Mm -hmm. specifically teach wedding pros and I do not teach how to get into corporate events, which is why I'm so excited about this episode. (laughs) But so many of my students have these questions because I do highly recommend that they really flex that muscle, that they try to get into corporate events. Again, kind of like you said, it doesn't have to be a full-blown attack, but it can be, you know, doing some things during low season. Are you ready? Because these are tough I'm ready. I hope so. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you probably already know because you probably get asked the same ones. The first one that I get asked all the time is, do I have to start a separate company with a different company name and website? It depends. (laughs) If you are Weddings by Betty Lou... Yes, you will. (laughs) And that's actually, you know, that's where we were. My company was just Mary. No corporate event, especially the big corporations that we work with, no corporate company is going to come to just Mary to do an event for them, right? That's when we decided on the umbrella company so that we could just have a couple of DBAs. We had the, the same insurance, the same contracts, the same lawyer, the same accounting, on and on. So it made it less complicated when we decided to make that change. So we definitely decided to split off with two DBAs because wedding people don't want to see corporate stuff and corporate people in general don't want to see wedding things. But if you are events by Betty Lou, you can certainly do it all under your same umbrella. However, You have to make sure that each type of event has equal representation. I've had a couple of people who that I mentor and teach. One of them came to me and a corporate client tried using all their wedding stuff on Instagram as a negotiating tool. Like you're just a wedding planner doing this corporate event. I would expect that you wouldn't be charging 
as much. And ultimately, you know, we were able to lay out the reasons why. And she booked the business, but definitely they tried to use that as like a, a bludgeon to get her to reduce her pricing. So wow. feel free to keep your branding if it makes sense. Just mm-hmm. make sure there is good and equal representation. If you go either way, I feel like it can alienate either client. Yeah. If I was just making a decision purely based from the client's perspective, I would be like, yeah, separate them. But you also have to understand what your capacity is to keep up with both of them. I know for mm-hmm. us, that was something that was really, really difficult was that we created a whole new website, a whole new Instagram, a whole new LinkedIn, all the things. Mm-hmm. We didn't have nearly enough content for all of those platforms. And so that can be really, really challenging, right? And so yes. understanding your capacity would be helpful. Mm-hmm. We now just have a landing page on our website that has a separate yeah domain name. You know, we don't do a ton of corporate events. So I think it would just be, it's there if somebody wants to come and book a corporate event with us, but it's not something we go after. That's so interesting. The story about your student that had somebody say, you're just a wedding planner. And I do think that's a, that's an actual real mentality. What are some things maybe you told that student or advice that you could give to somebody if they get hit with that? Yeah. So, I mean, it still frustrates me that we still get pat on the head that we're just a wedding planner. (laughs) When was the last time you held someone's personal hundreds of thousands of dollars or whatever their budget is in your hands and have to make sure on the first take that everything goes perfectly, right? And just this is kind of veering off, but I will tell you one of the greatest things about corporate clients is you get to screw up. And if you handle it well, you can mm-hmm. still have a repeat customer as opposed to in, in the wedding industry, you screw up and everyone's talking about it. Everyone, it's all over social media and you have to worry about the reviews. It's a whole different yeah. thing. But as far as how to handle it, I we expressed her professionalism. I, you mm-hmm. are trusting me to handle your budget and you are requiring me to do the following things. I typically have people break it down in the hours they're going to spend. We knew she was going to have to be on site with a certain number of staff people for a certain amount of time. That in its own was its own cost. Then Mm -hmm. all of the time that it was going to take to put everything together, to negotiate contracts, to manage their budgets and all the things that went into it, there is value to that. It's not free. Mm -hmm. So even if you're just a wedding planner, it's worth turning the business down if that's Mm -hmm. how you're being looked at. And luckily we were able to educate them in that regard. And she was able to move forward with the business. Wow. Oh, yeah. So frustrating. Yes. Um, (laughs) You mentioned one thing that I want to touch on before we go to another question, which is repeat customers. Mm -hmm. Yes. You talked for just a second about that. Yeah. That's been the greatest gift of corporate events. Now, at Just Mary, we worked out a business plan where we get repeat customers because we work a lot with hotels. So that was great. And it's so much easier to get clients that way. But on the corporate side, same thing. We decided to that we wanted to be client loyal in that some mm-hmm. corporate event planners are just in the city. They work in a particular city and they take all inbound events. We wanted to be with our clients wherever they go. So it allows us to build a relationship and a rapport and they take us wherever they go. And so that's a wonderful way to do business because again, when you build up that relationship, if things go wrong and it's managed correctly, they're still going to be there with you, right? They're still Mm going to be using your services. And we've had times where a corporate client of ours have decided to go with a local favorite and they come right back to us next year going, wow, that was not the same experience. So we just really love to be able to service our clients in a way that they just want to stick with us. And 
that is so much easier and less expensive from a business standpoint than trying to mine for new clients over and over and over again. That's so good. That's so good. And yeah, it's definitely a challenge in the wedding industry that hopefully you don't have repeat clients, right? (laughs) There have been a few. There have been a few. (laughs) Yes, I agree. But that's not ideal, right? We don't want repeat clients, but it, it is definitely a challenge that's unique to our industry is that we're constantly having to drum up new customers every single year and we can't count on those repeat customers. But with corporate, it's great because as long as you do a great job, and again, you can make a mistake, recover well, but then they come back year after year or you can travel with them and things like that. So that's yep. really exciting. So another question that I get all the time, like I think, I feel like this might be the number one question. Where do you find your clients? For us, it's networking. For us, okay. it's meeting people, talking to people. And that's always been my strength. I think you and I have discussed many times, social media is a mystery to me. No matter what I try or what I do, it is not the way we get a lot of clients. It's all through relationship building. So attending conferences, meeting people. And for those who are just starting out, go to the people who you already work with who do corporate events, go to venues, find out what's going on. What types of events are you doing? Are there any challenges? Is there something you'd like to see in the industry? Network with a purpose. You're not there to just try and get yourself referred. You want to solve problems. And I think sometimes we forget that when we've been in business for a little while, like everyone knows us as the wedding people and we get referrals based on the fact that we've done a gazillion weddings with various people. And so they'll refer us, but you're starting a brand new thing. You've got to think back to day one of your wedding business. And how did you start becoming an attractive partner to, to different people? And and you've got to go back to those roots. At least I know this was difficult for me. I don't know if you felt this way or if any of our listeners can resonate. We didn't even start doing corporate events until we had been in business for 11 years. We built up a brand that was well-known, that we didn't have to fight for clients anymore, like clients just were being referred to us. And it was almost like I forgot how to be in that place of getting scrappy and going grassroots for the clients and really getting your face out there. Have you felt that way or seen students that kind of struggle with that too? Yeah, because we forget. It's interesting. You have a recipe that works so well and and it's very comfortable to go back there. It's tough when you network and you're going to go... You're going to go out and meet people who've never heard of you, who have never seen you before and have absolutely no interest in hearing about your wedding experiences. So you need to learn how to spin tails, be creative with how you've done things for a wedding that would translate well into into your corporate events, right? Because you still need to have some sort of level of expertise. I'm not saying lie, but there are definitely skills (laughs) and situations that come up both in weddings and in corporate events. But instead of having to sew a bridesmaid into her dress that split open. Maybe you had to repair a button on the speaker's suit before he got up on stage, right? So you know how to sew, you know, something like that. You need to look for problems and be the solution to the problems. And once you start talking with people and finding out what needs are out where, you're going to find where you fit. You're going to find your niche. Yeah, Yeah, that's so good. I, I actually had written down you said network with a purpose. Can you define what that means? But I think you really just did, which is like, you know, find your niche. You really, really want to be listening, asking yes. questions. Yes. What's the problem? Yes. How can I solve it? And mm-hmm. I'm also a big fan of spinning tails. I mean, yeah. you're so funny <laughs> when you're like, don't lie. I tell my staff this literally all the time. Don't lie. 
but you can certainly take the biggest stretch on what it is that you did. Yes. I mean, if someone says to you, how many corporate events have you done? I wouldn't say I've done thousands, right? right? I say I'm new in corporate events, but I've been doing events for 15 years and I've done hundreds of them. And what I know is I'm level-headed. I'm good under pressure. I have an excellent network of vendors that I work with. And if you're not a planner, if you're a photographer, I work with all kinds of lighting. I know how to shoot indoors, outdoors, this and that. There are ways that you know how you can talk about your expertise Mm -hmm. without flat out saying, I am the corporate expert in a thousand markets, right? You can't. <laughs> no, it's so funny because we always answer we answer that question exactly the same way for weddings. If somebody says, how many times have you worked in my venue? And we maybe haven't done a wedding there, but we've been there for networking events or we've been there for, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. We're like, oh my gosh, we love your venue because like we just answer a different question, but that makes it clear that we're an expert in that venue. Like we I am so fascinated by that question because of how we do things. We work in brand new venues and cities all the time. Who, what wedding magazine put out there that you need to ask your vendor, how many times have you worked in this? Because it all translates. So anyway, that is a topic for another day. We need to do another podcast on why is that a question? (laughs) This was actually a topic, I feel like, at our coaches retreat. And we were all yes. like, how do you answer this question? This is the silliest question that people ask. Yes. Anyway, yes, different topic, different time. Okay, I have <laughs> one last question for you. I, I think the, this networking has been really, really helpful. The hardest part for me was that I was already established. And it felt yes. like I was going back to zero. And I didn't. Yes. people didn't know who I was. And I had to – and that's not an ego thing. I, I feel like that sounds gross saying that. But it was just – when I first started Blush, I was so hungry for yeah. the business. Like my back was against a wall. I quit my very well-paying job. When we started Eleven, I didn't necessarily need it as much because Blush mm-hmm. was kicking. So yeah. I think there was that at play and that I had already built a business. And so I think this, th- these are great networking tips to help people just say like, it's different. I think it's also, it's like a comfort level because when you're used to walking into a room full of friends and then you walk into a room full of strangers, it's really a different feeling. I mean, I experienced that when we moved out to Las Vegas. I go to a networking function and legit, I knew not a soul and nobody knew me, which has its Uh, pluses and minuses, Right, but it's a struggle. You have to push through it. Yeah, it, it is definitely a struggle. I think exactly what Susan's saying is it's worth it. One and two, it's necessary. Like it, yes. it's not really going to be possible for you to succeed without, without it. So and yeah, you've got to do it. Frame it as you're doing market research. You want to offer something valuable to the people that you're meeting, but the only way you're going to know if it's valuable is if you ask the questions, is if you get to understand other people's circumstances. So you're not there to tell them how great you are. You're there to understand how you can help. And one of my students. And I wish I could take credit for this, but this was so brilliant. She had been working on it before me. But one of my students actually wound up meeting with another planner who was ready to give up her corporate clients and said, we've got a great rapport. Let me give them to you. And I believe she was essentially on a silver tray. There you go. Get started. So you never know what you're going to find, right? You never know. But you're not going to know sitting in your office. The only way you're going to know is to get out there and meet people. Wow. 
That's interesting. Yes, I yeah. love that so much. Okay, networking, y'all. That is like your number one play here. Okay? Number networking. one. It is the money. That is how you yes. collect the cash. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so one last question. I think this one's pretty easy, and you kind of touched on it earlier, but can you use the same staff? Like, do you have to create a whole different team? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, so we do exchange staff when we need it. I have to tell you, I truly believe there are people who are great at social events and there are people who are great at corporate events. You worked in a hotel. There are people who are like, do not put me with the weddings. Do not. I can't stand (laughs) the emotion. I can't stand the craziness. I can't. No, no. Keep me away. So the short answer is yes. The skills are transferable. A lot of the things that you're going to do are going to be the same. It may be the temperament that's different. There are some similar skills when you're dealing with a particular CEO of a corporation and a particular mother of the bride, that skill to be kind to people and helpful in calm and stressful situations. But I do think that you will find that eventually you will have a staff that's, that's divided that who want to mm-hmm. stick with corporate and who want to stick with social. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, if you're doing events seven days a week or even five or six days a week, like it, you, yeah. they need you breaks, can't work so. every day. Yes. <laughs> right. yes. Because uh, corporate events also to keep in mind are very long. We always discuss it's like being on site for four days of a wedding every yeah. single day. And sometimes their workday starts at 5 a.m. because they have to be getting things ready before a breakfast. Then it'll go yeah. until two o'clock in the morning when the last person gets off the bus from the off-site dinner party that they attended. Yeah. So it's long and you're always on. You always yeah. have to have that smile on your face and comfortable shoes. And it's, you know, it's a whole thing. So it's a different mindset. And I also should say one of the biggest challenges we have in staffing is that weddings tend to book very far in advance and corporate events tend to book very close in. So Mm. when we really knew we had to build separate teams was when we were both busy enough that people were getting locked into weddings. And so this huge profitable corporate event would come up and we'd be like, holy moly, we have no staff. So it's something to keep in mind. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, so those are good tips in just thinking about whether you can share the staff and how that would work. And I'm sure in the very beginning you can. It sounds like you did. And then as you build, start to branch off into two different teams. So Susan, if somebody's listening to this episode and they're like, okay, I know I want to try to start this in 2024, Mm -hmm. what would be like the one tip you would give them to take that first step? I would say start. I talk to a lot of people who are waiting for perfection. They want to have everything aligned. Everything is just all in the right order. No, 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 no. You jump, you take the risk, and you start moving forward. As long as you can keep pedaling, you're going to get there. You have the skills, right? You just have to keep things straight. So don't wait. We haven't discussed this yet, but the revenue difference for us, right? When In weddings, I feel like we pretty much topped out and we were under a million dollars in revenue a year. And I know revenue is vanity, but yes, that's it. <laughs> still in the corporate world, it's multi-millions of dollars and we're small, right? Yeah. We are small yeah. compared to some of the corporate event planning companies out there that are making tens or hundreds of millions. We're Our, our goal is to get to 10. We're sneaking our yeah. way up there. But the difference in revenue, which yes, does impact the bottom line too. So yeah. they, they, you do have profits is tremendous. And you just need to get in there and get moving. Wow. Yes. Uh, hopefully you guys that really gets in your gut and you're like, yeah, I want to build a multi-million dollar business. I want to build a $1 million business. It is yep. very difficult to build a million dollar business 
in the wedding industry. Can it be done? Of course. There's people who have done it, but there's only so many weekends in a year. And this really helps you to diversify the days that you can do events, how often you can do events and just your staff and your creativity. We've talked about all of that. So yes, just get started. Start looking for networking events in your area. Pick a few to go to. Start asking questions. Start doing exactly what Susan encouraged you to do, which is just putting that first step out there, right? Like just start doing the research. So Susan, I know that a lot of people are taking notes and they're like, okay, this is what I'm going to do for 2024. But if somebody wanted to learn more, where can they connect with you and learn more from you? I, of course, am on Instagram. It's Brandy's fault. I'm on Instagram. (laughs) And what am I? I'm like Susan underscore Sutherland, S-O-U-T-H-E-R-L-A-N-D. And uh, you can find me on my website at SusanSutherland.com. I'm at the summit, of course. I go to support Brandy. So you can find me in Austin and we'll be talking about corporate events. But the most exciting thing, and we will put this information in the show notes, I am finally launching a course on going Yay. into corporate events. That's There's been a lot of peer pressure on this. So <laughs> we are the, the cohort is going to start in January. You should be able to sign up. We're going to put that in the show notes as well. And I'm going to take you 12 weeks step-by-step of how to go through and build that successful corporate planning business. And it'll be fun. Oh we'll have a good time and you'll make a lot of money. So that's good too. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so exciting. I've known Susan for decades at this point. And she's <laughs> genuinely just the guru of corporate events. Like she's so knowledgeable in it. And what I think is the most interesting is that she's gone from the wedding world into the corporate event world, which she just has so much knowledge about both. So if you are a wedding pro and you're like, yeah, I really want to do this in 2024, we have finally convinced her to take all of her knowledge and pour it into you. It's been a long time coming, but she is so knowledgeable about this. And so if you're interested in learning more about her course, that's going to be starting in January, go just click the link in the show notes below. We'll have that there for you. And you can take a peek or DM her on Instagram to make sure it's a good fit for you. Susan, I'm so excited for that. And thank you so much for being here. This was great. Oh, I had so much fun. I'm happy to be back anytime. Hey there, Wedding Pro. Are you feeling overwhelmed, burned out, and wondering how you will ever pay yourself an actual salary from this business you're building? I get it. I'm a wedding pro just like you. I sat in this season of overwhelm and no pay for way too long. Now I own one of the largest planning firms in Orlando, Florida, while doing less than five weddings myself each year. And yeah, I pay myself a full-time salary too. And I'm not alone. Hundreds of other wedding pros just like you have gone from overwhelmed Pro to Confident CEO by using the proven strategies I teach inside the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator. I tell Brandy all the time how grateful I am for her. Before joining with her, I thought I was successful and I was successful, but I was working 24 seven, barely making a profit. Now, over a year later, working with her, it's just been life changing. We have our Monday calls. I voice text with other wedding planners all over the nation. And it's helpful just to have someone that's done what we're trying to do. And that is what the CEO Accelerator Group has helped and taught me to do. Inside the Accelerator, you get lifetime access to the six step-by-step modules that walk you through the pillars of a profitable wedding business. The financial services spreadsheet that Brandy gives you as a part of the Accelerator is worth the price of the Accelerator alone. If you need clarity on finances, your budget, if you can hire, if you can even pay the people that you have hired, go get the Accelerator because that spreadsheet gave me the knowledge and power to make the decisions to continue hiring and 
and growing my team in the way that I want to. But what good is all of this knowledge without accountability, community, and of course, a place to ask your most burning questions. When you join the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator, you also get six months inside our live coaching membership. It literally has changed the way I do business. It has changed the way I view things. It has changed the way that I manage things. It is totally amazing to be able to sit with CEOs that have been through what I've been through, have been through the trenches and can give me the insight as to how they got through it. It doesn't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm the only person on the planet who feels this way. No, there's tons of other CEOs that feel the same way I do. And we can talk about it, think through it and we can learn. It is absolutely amazing. And if you're thinking about it, you should do it. The Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator is the best of a course, a membership, and a group coaching community all in one. The group has been so supportive and has really kept me sane through the busiest season I've ever seen in my career. For that, I'm really thankful. Looking forward to the next year and all the things I have to learn to grow and scale my business and super excited for the next steps. Here's the thing. You can absolutely listen to this show every single week to get nuggets that will help you scale your business. And over the course of a few years of piecing together all of that free information, you could very likely grow a successful wedding business. Or you can join the Wedding Pros CEO Accelerator today to get the proven step-by-step roadmap you need to ditch the overwhelm, build maximum profit, and step into your role as confident CEO all in just six short months. In 2021, we did 220,000 in revenue, which I was so excited about at the time. In 2022, where we sit now, our revenue came in around 560,000. Honestly, I attribute so much of that to really being able to grow. I actually no longer take on weddings myself. I'm really able to focus and be the CEO of my company. And that's come with a lot of guidance from the Accelerator Group, all of the other incredible CEOs in that program, bouncing ideas off of each other, asking for the help and hearing from other people and what's worked and what hasn't. Just click the link in the show notes below to learn more about the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator and let's build your profitable wedding business together.